Hello and welcome back to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One. I'm one of your co-hosts, Katie Carlisle, and I've been freelance for over five years running my Squarespace web design and training business, The Wheel Exists. And my name's Michelle Pratt and I am the owner of the coaching and training business, Dive Deeper Development. And today we are going to be talking about you. It's all about you, baby. Investing in yourself. Investing in yourself. So what do we mean by this? Yeah, that's a good question. I, it's for me, investing in yourself, I obviously, being a trainer and coach, would talk about personal development. So me, I think investing in yourself is not just investing in your business, but investing in you as a person. So rather than just investing in equipment and kind of the te- technical, formal qualifications, it's just about actually your own personal growth absolutely i think it's a great way of putting it i think when quite often we speak to people about investing in themselves or their own personal development um a lot of people say oh yeah you know i invest in myself i did a technical qualification so you know i did another accounting exam or i, I got another certificate for doing this technical skill uh, in my work actually i think that counts as investing in yourself as well but i suppose i would broaden that out a little bit more and say investing as you say in your personal growth as a person and your personal development and i think one of the things for me is like you say to people, oh, you know, it's important to invest in yourself. But quite often people, I see freelancers saying things like, oh, I'm really rubbish at time management. Is anyone recommending an app for that? And then people go, oh, I use this app. I use Trello. I use whatever to, I use a Pomodoro timer. And actually, if, if you're good at managing your time, for example, and all you need is something to help you get it more visual and organized, an app is fine. If it's that you're not very good at prioritizing things, that's a personal development gap. And that's the bit where I think people won't always invest. They try to go straight to the kind of quick fix solution yeah, of the yeah. app or the software or the, the, the practical workshop, but that doesn't tackle what's behind it. Or the innate skill that you need to do yeah. some of these things. I guess this episode is basically the whole framework of our podcast, which is that we always try and balance the practical tips with the mindset stuff because we recognize that you can't really have one without the other. And I think a lot of what you're talking about is what you know sometimes get gets called as um called like soft skills. Yeah. Um you know we need the kind of air quotes claxon again. Yeah. Um but but and it's almost I think not not in the freelance world particularly, but I think in the kind of corporate, especially kind of American kind of world, it's the it's the oh yeah, the, those are secondary. You know, they're not the most important things. The, those kind of personal development skills. Yeah, sometimes. absolutely. Actually, mind you, the Americans are much more forward thinking than us on this. They're far more likely to pay for coaching and training than um, than people are in the UK. I just don't think we're really alive to it yet. Whereas the self improvement culture of America, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I can be president one day. Um, <laughs> they they value it. So, but anything. I'm not. not I'm not uh, criticizing anything about your technical skills, but um, I think that's investing in yourself too. But this whole thing of not just say not just growing your your business and or not just buying equipment that makes your business a bit slicker but actually do you invest in yourself because i think sometimes that feels like a luxury like oh well, if i have the time i'll invest in myself or if i have the money then i'll invest in myself or i'd love to do this course or i'd love to have this experience or i'd love to try this thing but i can't, can't justify, justify it, it. yeah no. <laughs> and that's the problem so yeah an app isn't probably going to fix that that personal growth thing either and like you said michelle like you you are your business so if you want your business to succeed then you yeah. need to succeed as well so people buy you you know and you wouldn't um 
buy a house that someone hadn't invested in and I don't think you'd buy a service from someone who hadn't invested in themselves in some way shape or form yeah you want the good foundations on which to build everything else and I think there's especially if you're if you're going freelance and you're going from one industry to another so maybe you had a previous career in banking and now you're setting up your own kind of Etsy business or something kind of craft based thing or photography or something like that is that there's a temptation to kind of go okay well I need to learn I need knowledge I need to learn how to take photos I need to learn all these all this knowledge even if it isn't a formal qualification it's like I need knowledge but actually you need those personal development skills just as much if not more to run a business definitely Uh, you definitely need to help yourself help yourself grow and i think that and i think there's so many ways you can you can do this as well so as i say quietly you've mentioned before that freelancers are fantastic doers so we're great at getting the job done and we're fantastic at helping our clients grow and helping enrich their business um and it feels like a bit of a an indulgence really to invest in yourself as a person and it can be very hard to justify the cost of doing that as well so it's really important that we develop us develop ourselves i think there's a number of really good reasons why we should develop ourselves i think one of the big ones for me is that we either grow or we move backwards we don't stay the same so it's not like if i if i'm neutral and i and i think well i haven't got time to really invest in myself right now but everything will just i'll just stay as i am i think it's impossible to stay as you are if you're not growing and developing then chances are you're relatively speaking moving backwards is that in comparison to other people or just in terms of kind of keeping up with where you ought to be or um i think it, it i think relative to your other people but also your industry as well i think i think people's skills and people's knowledge do come, do go out of date over a period of time but also there's probably a way of doing things better so sometimes we're so busy doing we don't even take time to discuss with other people like informal coaching or we don't take enough time for reflection i mean something as simple as that can really invest in yourself just reflection time so you probably did some things you didn't do so well the last few months do you know what they are and are you ready to avoid those mistakes again but you probably did some stuff that was really great and are you able to replicate those successes and I think without spending some time on you you're probably not going to to do that you you know you're not going to to grow as perhaps maybe you could and that's such a good point as well because I think we don't always recognize when we have done something for our own personal growth and we don't always record it in a meaningful way um, maybe there should be an app for that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but but I think that's that's the thing is that sometimes the things that you learn in terms of personal development aren't always as formalised, and so it's harder to recognise them. So it'd be interesting to see as well, like how we can, how do we know? Like I know sometimes you can very actively work on your personal growth, but I'm sure there are some situations which definitely contribute to your personal growth. How do we recognise them? Yeah, and there's loads of ways we can start to, to spot as well. I mean, some good ones for me, you might need to invest some time in yourself. If, for example, if you're repeating mistakes, um, feedback can often tell you where your personal growth uh, comes from, either in terms of things that you could definitely be doing better, where you need to change course, but also things that you do really well that maybe you should be doing even more of. So if your clients are saying, hey, this is really great, I love it when you do this. We should probably be making taking note of that and actually really leveraging that and doing it better. And we're going to do a whole episode on feedback as well yes, because absolutely. I think it's so important, not just kind of blindly 
plowing on and doing how you think stuff should be done. If you're working with clients or customers or anybody else other than yourself, feedback is so important. So we're going to do another episode on that in yeah, the future as well. Absolutely. So why else should we develop ourselves then? I think I think to future proof yourself as well. As I say, your industry is growing. So take for example, I work in um, training delivery is one of the things that I do, or training consultancy. And one of the reasons why I've been able to get work in certain places is because I've been willing to shift and develop my skills. So um, a lot of people um, like face-to-face delivery and I think that's always going to be important but actually being able to deliver in virtual classrooms or to do webinar delivery and facilitate over a distance is becoming increasingly popular that's the growth area now a lot of facilitators don't like it but I spent hundreds of pounds uh, on a on a program to actually get myself at that point but now that I can do it it's a real selling point and it definitely gets me more work so just little things like that it's a growth area if you learn and invest in that development now you're ahead of the game and eventually everyone else will catch on and they'll be doing it too but at the moment you can stay ahead of the and at that point you can be looking at the next thing and you're the expert now and you can you can do this thing so i think um staying ahead of the competition um is really important future proofing your skills as well so people don't want people want to pay for the new and shiny they want to pay for people who are constantly growing they always want to add that extra added value so quite often i um, teach myself things and I bring, you know, I can suggest them to a client when I'm consulting they love it they think it's new it's shiny it's like oh I've not heard that before and again you can add value there so again you can start to create products that people don't even know they need yet and do you know another one for me is um, it just makes you happy <laughs> I, it, growth it, growth in yourself the feeling that we're growing and not stagnating this feeling of constant improvement is a basic human need we all need to think we're growing emotionally spiritually uh, technically practically and why wouldn't you do something that makes you feel happy and something that's for you and i think a lot of the time whenever you read interviews with people who've been successful you know in, in their careers one of the things and i'm, I'm defining you know, success as they've got to where they want to be not Wherever necessarily be, millionaires yeah. um but but the thing that they a lot of them have in common is they read all the time they're always reading or they're always learning and they're always wanting to get ideas on how they can grow and change from other people who've also kind of had those ideas and I think that is something that is really in common with successful entrepreneurs yeah it's a really good point actually every entrepreneur who is like does these webinars or courses about how they made it you're quite right every single one of them talks about their books their reading lists and most of the time that isn't formal skills it's it is the personal development and the growth side of it yeah i think a bit of a mix but they've done they've done all of it normally and what's really interesting is they've always done very active learning methods so they've gone out and chosen a book and really engaged with it maybe they've paid for courses or paid for coaching or or really you know not passive stuff i've never heard an entrepreneur say hey i did nothing but listen to podcasts or watch videos and now i'm like really skilled They've gone you have to, to take talk. the action that then <laughs> yeah. is, yeah, yeah, just by listening and reading alone. But yeah, yeah they're taking the action associated with that as well yeah. and actually putting it into practice. So it's true. I mean, you, you can earn more money from when you invest your, in yourself as well. So it does uh, have a tangible benefit, although I would say earning more cash shouldn't be the measure of whether it's done well or not. Well, it's like what we've talked about previously, isn't it? It's why do you want that money? And is that is that in order to reach particular goals and in that case, does the personal growth help you to do that? You know, do you want to work with particular types of client? Okay, well, let's look at how you you need to grow in order for that to happen, and how you know we talked in a previous episode about 
say no and I think that's a big skill a big area of personal growth for me personally um is, is saying no and learning to just kind of put myself before other people rather than always trying to please them so I think that is something that is going to help my business to grow and help me to get where I want to be and I should see a financial impact from that because I'm going to be taking on clients that are a better fit or not kind of cramming my schedule and then therefore under delivering on work or anything like that so but, but my motivation wasn't financial it was my sanity <laughs> yeah I think sanity is something worth I would pay for I would pay for sanity and like you say there's a bit of a long long-term trade-off Some, sometimes you get immediate payback but sometimes there's long-term trade-off the other thing you can do as well is you can meet some really interesting people but also create opportunities as well so it when you start to explore your personal growth and personal development and invest in yourself however you consider that to be so I'm not just here to pitch training courses and coaching but if you pursue something that is interesting to you that helps you grow as a person and is engaging you normally meet like-minded people but you discover subjects that you didn't know before and that might lead you to head off in a different career direction or it might um, cause you to discover things that you hadn't previously thought of and you slowly over time you start to gravitate towards perhaps a different um, niche or a different way of working which you hadn't thought of previously and I think that can open up whole new opportunities when you pursue your interests because you attract people who are interested in the same things. And I think having a broad perspective is just so valuable in business and life and the more perspectives from different people we can hear even if we don't agree with them all we can then start to go okay actually I hadn't thought about it that way but that makes a lot of sense to me or okay well I don't agree with that but I can see how other people would feel like that and how can I make sure that I'm addressing that need in people or just actually that's clarified for me that I don't want to work with the people who've got that perspective yeah and so I think being aware is a key part of this absolutely process. I, I did, I'm doing a coaching program at the moment and I had a really great coaching session with a lady in Argentina last week and that just broadened my horizons and a problem I've been stuck on for ages she just um, she turned around to me and it just gave me some advice or told me her perspective and it was very different to what other people have said before like totally on its head and it's like actually that's that's really quite inspirational what she just said to me so um, yeah it can broaden your horizons and of course that makes us feel good too but Katie I was going to ask you here I invest in my development, so I pay for coaching, um, for training, for courses, for books. You would expect me to role model what I preach, but <laughs> I know that you invest in yourself too, and I was going to ask you, why do you invest in yourself? Because you're awesome, Michelle. Yeah, that's not the right answer. So, so, <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're not setting this up for me to just talk about how amazing a coach Michelle is, honestly, yeah. but... Michelle is an amazing coach. But the reason I do it isn't just to massage her ego. It's because I, well, firstly, I recognise that the coaching that I've had has paid for itself financially, like, over and over and over again. Because what happens to me is I get stuck sometimes. And sometimes I don't even realise I'm stuck. But I can start to sense when it's... When, when things aren't quite right, you know, if I'm getting frustrated with my work, if I'm not looking forward to my job, I generally enjoy what I do. So if I've started having a few days where, um, you know, um, where I've kind of wanted just to sort of hide under the duvet, we talked about, um, we talked about duvet days and sick days for freelancers in the previous episode. If, if I'm kind of feeling a bit like, oh no, I don't want to do my work and I'm trying to hide from it or I'm procrastinating, that's a sign to me that something isn't right and that needs tackling. 
And that's when I think having this, again, the perspective of somebody else um, and, you know, a coach to then actually help you to unravel what's not working for you and help you to plan what you need to do and identify any kind of skills gaps as well. So what I find really interesting, Michelle, working with you, we've been working together for about three years. We've known each other for longer, but we've been working together about three years now. And actually every coaching session is different. It's not that every time it's like, okay, here's what we do and here's what we work on. And, and, you know, so, so sometimes it's goal setting. Sometimes it's helping me to just kind of unjumble things from my mind and try and, you know, what, what sometimes I feel like I know the answer, but I can't get to the answer. I, I know I have the solution, but I can't quite work it out for myself. And I just need someone to help me through that process. And sometimes it's, you know, telling me about different, um, I don't know what the word is, psychological approaches? What are the, yeah, the mo- saying no models and stuff? Yeah, the models, like, different theories or ideas that can be helpful. Yeah, so sometimes it's showing me the models and actually show, you know, sharing some theory knowledge with me so that I can understand, okay, that, that makes sense and I've got a, a kind of frame of reference for why this is happening and what I can do to stop it. And sometimes it's just you telling me the things that I need to hear and that I kind of know deep down I need to do, but I'm scared to acknowledge myself. And so I think it's that that big variety of, um, of, of kind of input and and it's kind of like spring cleaning for my brain is how I, I think like about that. it. Like yeah. you know, when the, like all the people will probably remember you when when you used to have to defragment your hard drive <laughs> and you had those little blocks on the screen, the different coloured blocks. Young people are like, "What are you talking about?" Um, go and go and Google some like defrag your brain. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I feel like I'm defragmenting my hard drive when I have coaching, and it's you know, it's a, it's all there, all the stuff I need to do and to kind of keep going and to improve is there inside me, but it's all got a little bit jumbled and a little bit cluttered and it just needs sorting out and ordering in a sensible way and kind of streamlining. And that's what I feel coaching is for me. Yeah. And that's why I invest in it because otherwise I feel like the clutter and everything builds up. And, and it, I'm actually doing a kind of like stressy arm yeah, gesture yeah. right now, <laughs> you can't see, um, but that's how it feels. I'm a bit like, oh no, I feel like my, I hate clutter in, the, in my physical world, but I also hate mental clutter. I think it's really damaging. Um, you know, when you've got stuff that's in your mind rattling around that hasn't been processed, it can really have an impact on your kind of motivation and your well-being and everything else. So for me, it's about getting rid of that. So that coaching is one way I do it. Yeah. Um, and so you go to a lot of seminars, yeah, and talks, I, yeah, and courses as well. Yeah, and, and a lot of, you know, I, I try and read. I love I do love listening to podcasts, but you're absolutely right. It's it's not just the listening, it's the then going, okay, I'm gonna take that idea and I'm gonna apply it and I'm gonna see what happens. And I you know, even when I deliver workshops, I feel like I'm getting growth out of that because there'll be a different audience each time and I'll have to tweak what I do to kind of change you know sometimes I'll change stuff on the fly to interact with a different audience and sometimes there'll be somebody that has some challenging questions and you know being able to answer those and adapt to that in a way that isn't you know defensive but also kind of helps to keep things moving that they're all skills that I'm learning while I'm delivering training as well um so so I think that yeah for me it's that yeah the kind of the 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 courses I pay for, I would say, gen- are generally more the um, kind of knowledge rather than skills-based approaches. Um, and then books and podcasts is more the mindset and the personal growth stuff, I yeah. would say. And there's many ways to learn. So we're not just talking about coaching or courses here. We're talking about 
anything that we do to develop ourselves. I know you, you go to them, I go to them, so like talks from people or seminars yeah. or networking groups. And even just chats when we, you know, when, when we've got kind of a group of freelancers together, just having that discussion and bouncing ideas off each other, I think that's a really informal way of doing personal development, yeah. but I find it so valuable. And I think they're really key. So again, we're talking about investing in yourself here and some of these things might seem like an indulgence. I went to, uh, I I paid to be part of an industry body and I went to a talk they were offering training on social media last week and I was ill and I was tired and I had stuff to do and I really thought about not going. But actually the thing that encouraged me to actually turn up, one, they were sending about five reminder emails reminding you how full the course was and how disappointing it would be if somebody missed out. But also because I thought, you know what, I'm going to learn, I'm going to invest in myself, I'm going to network, which could be useful, but also um, there are people there who I'm in other networks with who I'd really like to connect and just say, hi, I'm still on your radar. (laughs) And so again, it felt like a a cost of my time, but actually I thought on balance in the long run, that is going to help me uh, for future as well so worth doing and it's very tempting I think just to stay stuck in yeah. just doing the stuff and I think we've probably it. mentioned this before but what's the cost of not doing it Yeah. and what are you going to miss out on by not doing it and you know I'm I'm somewhat terrible for that in that, in that sometimes yeah I'll pay for a course or I'll buy a book and I'll just not do anything with it for ages because it isn't a priority um, but actually what, what I've been doing recently um, is you know, I've been trying to I've been trying to be good and turn my screen, you know, and, and stop having kind of screen time um, an hour before I go to bed. So I'm not looking at my phone or computer an hour before I go to bed. And I'm re- reading my like old school Kindle um, that I've had for like eight years or something. And just I found loads of books on there that I don't even remember buying or downloading. I must have done it a few years ago. And that was such a treat because I'm going through them now and I feel like I've like, I've, you know, I feel like I've just gone shopping for new books, but I haven't actually spent anything. And so now just going through those, it's actually been really nice. And I know that you've said before, Michelle, you know, when you, when you kind of have, when you've got, when you kind of got got ideas that you're thinking about before you go to sleep, your brain kind of works on them Mm -hmm. while you're sleeping as well. Yeah. So it keeps my wife awake and gives her insomnia but for me it, my, my brain does hold it over but it's true yeah your unconscious will work on these things where even when you're not consciously doing them and so there's a huge huge benefit for there for, for why we should invest in yourself and again that's not just training or courses it can be time for reflection it can be time to take a look back over your month and look at what was good or what could have gone better it could be going to a talk and you may think it's a luxury to go to that networking event can I afford it have I got time but there, there is something in there for you and it's definitely worth doing and I think that's the question isn't it like can you afford to invest in yourself and I think there's two answers to that. My first one would be, can you afford not to? Ooh, <laughs> can, you afford to can, can you afford to not invest in yourself? And I think there's a danger that you'll get left behind in terms of what you can offer your clients, but also in terms of how you feel in, in terms of yourself. But also there is quite a lot of these uh, books, even the Money Mindset books, Katie, you said, like the entrepreneurs, they will quite often give you the advice, invest in yourself first. So the advice is that when your money comes in, the first thing you should do when you get paid is siphon off a bit of that money to go back into you and how you grow your business, but also your personal development. I don't think that's how most people think of things. No. In fact, we were talking earlier about a book that I've been reading that I just yeah, found on my Kindle. And it was, I think it's called, it's called Profit First. And it's challenging that idea that, that um, you know, in the traditional kind of accounting world, it's, 
income minus expenses equals profit. But but their argument there is that you tend to spend what you've got. You know, your your lifestyle and your kind of expenditure tends to expand to meet your income. And so what what this book is saying is effectively the same as what you were just saying, Michelle, of put profit first. So income minus profit equals expenses and actually putting aside that money and exactly that to invest back into yourself and to invest back into your business and your well-being and everything else is is what that's saying so yeah i think it's the right right way forward and as you say you'll i don't think that just applies to money either i think that applies to time and one question i've got in my mind for people listening to this podcast and i don't know the answer so one for you to think about is what percentage of your time do you spend on you as a person now obviously i work in personal development so i um, do my book blogs where every month I get to read at least one business book so I spend at least a, a little bit of time every night before I go to bed I spend the time at the each each month um, reviewing the month that has gone my celebrating my successes but looking at where the lessons that I've learned for where things could have gone better and of course I'm always reading blogs uh, podcasts but also um, at most times during the year not every month but most points during the year I'm either on a course on a coaching program Obviously, we need breaks to digest what we've learned and use it, but more often than not, I've got something in the pipeline that I'm working on, and that takes up my time. I haven't worked out how much of my time that is, but I mean, you're probably easily talking at least two days a month. Okay. I think sometimes there's are things. Which Do you then... schedule that time in? Um, yeah, I've got a day at the end of the month where I do my CP. Half a day at the end of the month where I do my personal development, my continuing professional event CPD. Um, I spend probably similar doing the blog and some reading, extra time reading, and then of course the course I'm doing at the moment as well. That probably doesn't include things like seminars or talks, which I schedule in as and when. Um, so yeah, probably probably about two days a month. To me, that feels right. Again, you'd expect me to do that. I would hope that most freelancers would at least do a day a month. And we're all feeling a little bit bad right now. No, I, I think you do that easily on average. I think it's the. Inf- I think I probably do on average. Lot, yeah, yeah, it's probably a lot less formal than that, and I certainly don't set aside particular time. I, I maybe I should. I think that would be good, um, but I think I mean yeah. At the very least, start, you know, we have. I have my I have quarterly session sessions with you, but then we have informal get-togethers with other freelancers where we'll kind of talk about strategy and planning and things we work like on that. Our business, we'll work, yeah, exactly. And we've talked about doing a marketing day before because we, you know. Not very We're good talking about it. We haven't done it. So, every... uh, yeah. <laughs> we found this podcast. Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> you must have seen one of those three tweets. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so I think it's. I think for a lot of us, it probably is something that we need to give more priority to. You know, if you schedule other things in, if you're scheduling in time to work on your finances, or if you're scheduling time to do marketing or blogging, or whatever it might be worth trying to schedule time in for your personal development side of things yeah. as well. I really like that idea of having a kind of a day a month that is a personal development day. But it does, isn't it? It feels like a treat. It feels like a luxury was actually, you know, what, what we're saying is it's kind of an, as essential really. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think it's hard to really protect that time. It, it is and also the client stuff comes in it's yeah. easy to kick it out again or if you've got low energy it's the first thing to go it's true in businesses too the, the first thing to go is development when they're really busy yeah yeah one-to-ones just kind of drop off completely exactly and, which is yeah. kind of perverse because when things are busy is when your clients need you and that's when you've got to be your best but that's that's not how businesses work um but you're right kate i think people see it as a cost they say well can i afford to do it can i spend the time or can i spend the money 
I do. I, I don't think it's a cost. I do see it as an investment. So it, as long as you get a return, I think that's the important thing. Now, that doesn't have to be a monetary return. It can be just a feeling of well-being, yeah. a feeling of growth, the ability to offer new, better advice to clients, to work faster, to be more skilled in what you do, to get better results. But there should be a return on it. I would also suggest that if you have a plan on what you want to learn, then you're more likely to get get that return on it. And what I see a lot of people do is because they don't have a personal development plan or just no idea of what how they want to grow as a freelancer. So most they waste money on courses or things on whatever's new and shiny. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a conference in town. Oh, there's a speaker. Oh, well, my friends are going to that seminar. I guess I'll go along as well. And there's nothing wrong with those. And if you've got time and money to burn and you can afford it, it's all it's great. Sometimes it's nice to indulge the things that feel interesting but don't really relate to what we do. But if your argument is time and you're struggling for money or time for such things and it's a, a rare resource, then actually having some sort of idea in your head when you're doing your business planning to go, okay, well, not just how much do I want to earn, not which clients do I want to work with, but also in what areas do I want to grow or develop this year? So do I want to shift my focus? Do I want to move into a new market? Do I want to start using a new skill? If you start to do this with your business strategy and planning, then when you are spending money on these things, it's got a clear purpose. And whether that's monetary return or like a, something less tangible, it's not money wasted. It's getting you closer to where you want to be. And it normally gets you there a lot faster too. And that kind of ties in with one of the questions I was going to ask you, Michelle, was that like, is there such a thing as too much development or should I say development but in the wrong areas? So like, you know, I think that's something that's really common when people start freelancing is they'll kind of go, right, okay, I need to do all these courses before I can really start. Yeah. I need to do, I need to learn more before I'm ready. Oh, I don't, I don't, I need, I need to kind of perfect this skill before I can go out and kind of share it with the world. Yeah. And, and how do you know if you're kind of almost procrastinating or, or hiding behind learning and development? versus doing what you need to do that's a really good question because i see that a lot too so i meet a lot of coaches going oh i need to do this this that and the other do this course this course this course and then i'll start doing the work and it's really procrastinating or putting off imposter syndrome or feeling like a fraud i think that for me just ask yourself you know what is the purpose of doing that activity what do you hope to get out of it and are you clear on what you're doing and the challenge i would offer to someone there is well when will you be ready or when, when will you have done enough to get where you need to be? And most people, when you ask them that question, they go, oh, when I've done this, or when I've got this certificate, then I'll be ready. And if you throw that challenge out, well, could you start doing it now? And the answer is, yeah, I probably could. It's normally a good sign that the person is trying to put it off. Now, there's nothing wrong with developing yourself. I'm all for it. But yeah, sometimes we use it as a procrastination tool or... A friend of mine uses the term rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. You know, like you're, you're just kind of shuffling things around to have the feeling like you're doing something useful. Busy work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm busy doing a thing, but you're really just putting things off into the future. So you have to be quite honest. And that's where a clear focus about what you want to do and why will help you stay And I suppose like you were talking about the personal development plan, presumably it doesn't have to be anything kind of mega formal laminated nah. documents or anything. But, but actually, if you have a bit of a plan, then you can know okay, if I'm doing something that isn't on this plan, is it because I'm really procrastinating because this was not on my radar? And then, you know, of course you can be spontaneous and might, things might come up, but actually if you've got a plan, then it, it maybe just helps you to question if there's something else that you're kind of doing instead of what's on the plan, 
is that really the best use of your time and money if time and money are an issue yeah and you can set yourself some goals doesn't mean you can't change them but at least having an idea as well so i think that's really important the other thing as well that people will pay for a holiday or buy some material goods so if you get let's say you get a bumper contract come through you go woohoo i go on a holiday or yes i'll buy myself this uh thing that i've been wanting to buy would you be better off spending that money on some kind of on, on you as a person in your, your growth and development, which is going to last you a lot longer, whereas the euphoria of buying the thing or booking that weekend away is probably going to wane off. So so again, oh, I probably always choose holidays. I know, I know. And, <laughs> and I love my holidays too. But um, yeah, it's, again, it's like you, you'll pay for something, the joy for which will What if it was a holiday? Quick where you learn how to develop yourself a retreat a retreat <laughs> and sometimes holidays restore you and, and reinvigorate you so maybe that's a bad a bad example but yeah, quite happy <laughs> but yeah like just yeah like that, that you, it's about the the short-term kind of fix that you get yeah when you kind of book something or buy something that yeah, yeah the money's that. gone it's gone whereas yeah. at least you get something back for it in future so i think definitely see it as an investment but it, it, you, as i say you don't need a pounds and pence return on investment but a sense of purpose really and again remember customers will customers will pay for it which is the important thing so Katie, you mentioned a personal development plan. I just want to talk about that. Again, it doesn't have to be something mega, mega um, important, but do you have a career plan would be something I would ask people. But then I'd also ask, do you have a development plan? And so the way you do this is really easy. I mean, it's better to write it down, but you don't even need to. But what I would suggest is that any given time, just pick an area and it doesn't have to be a technical skill or a particular thing, but just pick one area that you would like to develop for now. Um, so things that you need to do. So at the moment I'm doing a lot of design work. So I'm really working on my design skills and I'm upskilling myself on certain topics to be able to deliver the product for the client. But then I'd also pick an area for the future as well. So I've got doing a course which is um, teaching me some new coaching techniques or a different philosophy on coaching. And over the long term, that's going to help me grow as a person, improve the quality of my life, but offer a wider range of things to my clients. So pick something for the here and now and pick a broad area for the future as well. Write it down and then I just write a couple of actions for each of those things um, that you could take to improve in these areas. And in a minute, I'll explain different types of things you can do because there's so much more than e-learning books and courses. There's a whole host of things. And how do you, if you're not quite sure what areas to focus on, are there some ways that people can kind of narrow down what areas they want to grow in? I think sometimes... I think I've had this before where I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, I kind of want to make sure I'm keeping on top of my development and things. And sometimes, you know, I'll have a coaching session with you and I don't necessarily have a clear idea of of what I want to work on and where I want to grow. But I feel like something isn't right, but it's hard to identify what area it is I need to work on. Yeah, sometimes for the more technical or practical stuff, then it's like, well, what work have I got on? Or what, what kind of work do I plan on doing this year? And what's going to help me get there faster or do the work to a better quality? So stuff like that's quite tangible. I think other clues might be, again, are you repeating mistakes? Or are you missing opportunities? Another way of spotting a need for something is, are you... Um, putting an opportunity or something you'd like to achieve and is it going further and further back 
or forward into the future, depending on what way you look at it. Um, and you feel like, oh, I thought I'd have done this six months ago, or I'd really hoped I was here by now, but I just haven't had the time. And it's that deadline is slipping back further and further and further. That probably gives you a clue. I think once so you that's me doing a Trello course yeah, on Skillshare, so that keeps getting moved. And then there's a question for there about your priorities. I mean, in terms of your skills, pick an area that you want to grow in, know what you want the outcome to be, or what broad area, and then you can start down to, to research or break down some of the skills feedback of, of course always is a great way to know that as well so there's a whole host of ways that you can tell data feedback getting people to observe you talking to talking to friends working out what skills are needed finding out what others are doing there's a whole host of ways you can work out what it is and you mentioned the there's lots of ways to develop it doesn't always have to be e-learning or books or anything yeah like what how how, how? So once what? you work out what <laughs> areas that you maybe you'd like to get better at, um, then you can work out how you want to do it. And everyone's got a different... There's been too much made of learning styles, but everybody's got a different way that they learn. The one thing I would say is a lot of people say I learn from videos. I watch a lot of videos or podcasts. Now, videos and podcasts are great, but they're very, very passive. So we said earlier, watching a video probably isn't going to teach you a lot. It's not I don't like them. It's just that don't they're entertaining, but don't always assume that you're learning a great deal from them. Unless you're kind of following along and literally taking the actions yes. as you go along with it. Yeah, this. and again, with anything, it's what you do with it that really counts. But the, the danger with videos is there was some research done and it's asking people how they felt about TED Talks. And people saying, yeah, I, I learned loads. I've watched loads of TED Talks. I've learned so much. And then when they tested people and what they actually learned was they found that people hadn't actually learned a lot at all. Not least because people watch them while they're doing the washing up or while they're doing some work on the laptop or it's playing in the background while you're hanging out, you're washing. Um, and so you're not really giving it your full attention. The other thing that they found was not only were people not learning or retaining a great deal from these videos, but they were, even worse, the thing that was dangerous was they were walking away with false confidence. So people walked away believing that they knew a lot more than they did. <laughs> so going, oh, I'll go out to the world, I have this knowledge, and then it wasn't there. And I was talking to a friend about this. He's like, no, I learned loads off videos. I watched this one the other day about this, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, right, so tell me a bit more about it. And he went, oh, no, you've got a point. I can't remember. <laughs> remember so to bear that in mind so that there's a research by the mclennan institute um and they what they did was they studied how managers actually learn not how they ought to but actually how how they know the things that they know and they identified three broad areas now they call it 70 2010 it's an idea been popularized by a guy called charles jennings he has some great videos on the internet but don't watch them because you'll not learn anything well unless you do something with them which is the, which is the problem which is the problem but it, he he said there's three three broad ways actually which he, and then he reckoned it broke down 70 2010 so 70 percent of what people learn they learn from doing on the job 20% of what they learn, they learn from relationships or learning from their network. And then about 10% of what they learn is from formal methods. So that's kind of how it works. So if you think about things you could do on the job, so when we say invest in yourself, it doesn't mean taking days out. So when I say an average of a day or two a month, this is spread out over, over the month. But things like that you do, which don't take you away from the day-to-day -day work. So job shadowing could be one. You know, if you want to invest in yourself and someone else does something that you would like to learn, you could go and go and job shadow them or work alongside them so you can learn what they do. So when I co-facilitate with people, 
I learn loads. I mean, I'm working and I'm earning, but I learn a hell of a lot just from co-facilitating. So we could do something like that. Volunteering, like applying your skills, but with a different audience. Taking on a stretch project, like you probably don't think of freelance folk as personal development, but you're using your skills, but you're doing it by stretching yourself, by taking on responsibility for a group. Yeah, I love a bit of a side project. So. Have, yeah, side projects are great. I mean, you must have learned quite a lot from doing freelance folk. Oh, yeah, massively. Like, just especially kind of the relationship building side. And I mean, you know, I used to say, I hate people. And now I run a network, which is all about people. <laughs> and it, you know, it, was, it wasn't that I actually hate people. It was that I hadn't found a kind of networking environment in which I was comfortable. And it took me a little while to find that. And you know, I, well, I ended up having to create it to find this networking environment that I felt comfortable in. And you know, since then it's, yeah, I've, you know, it's just, just in terms of all the range of people that you meet as well. I think any environment where you get to interact with other people who can share their experiences and give you ideas and tips, I think just that alone has been massive yeah. for me in terms of the growth. But I think also, yeah, just the, how, how to manage, you know, side projects and how to grow relationships and and then you start to do things press like and PR press and, like interviews yeah, you've done yeah. you've been interviewed been a speaker yeah yeah I think def- definitely loads of stuff and just and I think you know like understanding where my time lies like so I've got a virtual assistant that helps me now and that's been amazing because actually what I identified was I really want to keep the momentum going but at the moment I'm running my own business and I also run a business with my partner where we're doing kind of apps and software products and I was like I haven't got the time to dedicate to freelance folk at the moment but I want to keep the momentum going because I built this you know great community in terms of the kind of outward facing content you know making sure the newsletter goes out making sure that there's tweets going out facebook stuff adding events to the website i help with the kind of the the framework for that but actually i've got the virtual assistant who's helping me out with some of the day-to-day stuff so it's really it's really useful for me in terms of letting go like i am a massive control freak (laughs) so i think that's probably the, the thing i've learned the most from freelance folk is letting go yeah because like I hate delegating. And I know and for you, like outsourcing that to yeah, someone was a massive step. Yeah, it was really hard, yeah. but she's amazing, so it's yeah. okay. So, <laughs> so you can start a project or take on a stretch project as well, collaborating or critiques, you know, take work you've actually done, form a group of people and swap work and critique each other's work in a sort of like a group forum. That sounds scary. So, so if you fancy that, <laughs> so there's loads of ways, so mastermind groups and so on and so forth. The 20% again comes from relationships. So things like networking, Katie, you, you talked about uh, co-working groups mentoring whether that be formal or informal and coaching whether that be formal or informal so you might meet with someone who acts like a mentor or a coach it's not a formal relationship but you get that from that person um observing people lunch and learns coffee and a chat with someone who who's got valuable information swapping tips seeking feedback using your relationships to increase your knowledge and get feedback uh, can be great ways to do it through your relationships. So about 20% of your time, they reckon, should be through this networking and exchange of, of views of people. And would that even be kind of, you know, Facebook groups where you can yeah. going and chatting with people and things like that as well? Like yeah, la- like industry last- groups, yeah. industry bodies. Like last night, um, days. There's, a, there's a Facebook group for the Being Freelance community. So Being Freelance is a podcast, if you haven't come across it. It's a podcast where um, Steve Folland interviews lots of people about what it's like to be freelance. And um, he's also got a Facebook uh, group right now, and they did a live Q and A with Paul Jarvis. Drink, um, 
and yeah just you know it was really interesting not just to hear his answers to the questions but actually to see what other questions people were asking because it made me think about it as well I was like oh I hadn't really thought about that question and now actually it's made me kind of go oh yeah maybe that's something I should think about something so you spot someone who knows something questions yeah is just really helpful and just making those connections or having someone rephrase things in a slightly different way getting outside your own head again yeah so that's really good so yeah anything for your relationship and finally the final 10 percent they say should be formal learning so this is anything that's kind of traditional uh learning so training courses would be one uh, online or face-to-face e-learning books uh talks where it's kind of one way but videos podcasts um all of this kind of stuff any kind of self-study all of that is kind of under the 10 percent so even when you're doing the day-to-day job you're learning but just doing can teach you a lot but i would suggest learning by doing is better when you invest some time to reflect so the whole thing is you reflect um you extract the learning from what you've been doing recently and then you take the lessons and then you apply the lessons and it goes into a cycle so then you reflect on what you did then you kind of take the learning from that and then you tweak what you do and then you go and apply it so again and this kind of constant cycle you can learn just by trial and error but what you'll do is that you'll repeat the mistakes and you won't capitalize on what made you really successful so that period of reflection even if it's just after each project or each week or each month that can make that can be the difference so there's loads and loads of different things that you can do i bet there's things that you already do and maybe before the podcast you didn't realize that that was development so i would say if you're doing that stuff great hopefully after this you'll be able to do it with more purpose but also extract a little bit more out of that activity that you're putting a lot of effort into as well and i think that's the probably the one takeaway thing that that for me i mean i feel personally developed just from having this podcast conversation with you like genuinely um it's made me think about things even though we do prepare in advance i think actually talking through you know talking through the the notes and talking through the concepts i think just helped to cement things in my brain um and i have found that throughout the kind of doing this podcast i think we're on episode 20 is this something like that yeah so professional um <laughs> but actually the one thing that that i realized just just literally through the course of this episode i've realized that i don't put the time to reflect or put actions after my learning and that's definitely the thing that's missing so I don't know quite how I'm going to do it with podcast stuff because I tend to do that while I'm driving and then it kind of goes out of my brain a bit by the time I arrive or yeah, yeah, I'm going yeah. straight into a meeting or something but I think with a lot of stuff where I'm doing formal or informal learning I don't ever schedule time after that to then reflect and make sure I'm capturing what I've learned so that's something I definitely want to do from now, I think. Yeah, it's good. And they say after networking events, you should schedule some time after to note down who you met, who you want to catch up with the future. Yeah. And most of us go, oh, that was a nice meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and we carry on. It's the same with learning. I, I Again, I kind of put in just an hour or so at the end of a month just to literally write down and capture. So if I did a particularly stretching project that required me to grow or flex my skills, I write it down. If I had met, had coffee with someone and that gave me some light bulb moments, I write that down. If I struggled and really screwed up, which doesn't happen often, but I write that down <laughs> and go, okay, note to self, next time, maybe do that a little bit differently. And that capturing it and, and doing it with a sense of purpose, I think is really key. So hopefully you're all going to go out and now schedule some personal development time and realise yeah. that it's not a nice to have. It's actually something that can be so really valuable for you. Let us um, know what you do. I yeah. would love to know, like, if you're listening to this, how much time do you spend 
developing yourself now hopefully we've given you some ideas that probably there's already things you do which develop yourself but maybe you haven't thought of them in those terms so when you top that up give it i don't know there's no guideline for this so i'd really love to know what percentage of your time do you think on average you spend doing this each week and what's the most effective for you as well like where do you personally feel like like oh yeah if i do this i notice the return either and am i wrong about videos i could be wrong yeah (laughs) so yeah let us know um i'm at the wheel exists on twitter and all the other socials and i'm dive deeper development twitter i'm at dive deep depth d-e-v-p and we hope to see you next time for 99 problems but a boss ain't one